1: Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to continue our discussion on Christology, the nature of Christ, the study concerning Christ. And under the Christology, we wanted to talk about the nature of Christ. Who is Jesus according to the Bible's description? Not based on what you've heard necessarily. Not based on how you were raised necessarily, not based on what your friends have told you about Jesus necessarily, because what you've heard may not be consistent with the scriptures portrayal of who Jesus really is. Is Jesus just a baby born in Bethlehem? Do you still see him as baby Jesus, as Mary's little baby who's still in the manger? Or is Jesus just a religious sage to you? Is he just a good religious individual who worked this this earth doing good works sent by God? And that's all he was just here to do good works. Or is Jesus someone that was sent by God, the father who is equal to the father who is as much divine as the father is he divine in a sense that he has no potential that he's fully and purely actual is jesus equal to the father and conversely is jesus human is he 100 100 percent human or was he 100 percent human or was he kind of human These are issues that the early church had to struggle with. Who is this Jesus that we believe in? Who is this Jesus who walked this earth for all these years? Who is this Jesus that the apostles speak of? Is it okay to have a difference of opinion when it comes to Jesus? And the answer to that question is no. And reason why. It's not OK uh, to allow people to mischaracterize Jesus in terms of his essence, in terms of his uh, efficiency, in terms of his uh, atonement. The reason why we can't allow people to get away with false descriptions is because God is interested in the correspondence view of truth. God is truth. And we as Believers as children, as imitators of the truth, we have to stand up for what is true. Even if you can't wrap your mind around what God is telling you in the present through faith, you have to agree with God, hoping that one day you'll fully understand what he's trying to tell you. That's what walking by faith is all about. So essentially, there are things about God that he wants us to know about his son, Jesus the Christ. Who is this Jesus? And on the last episode, we asked the question, is Jesus fully human? Was he fully God or was he kind of human or lesser God? We talked about how different movements popped up uh, in the early centuries uh, during the infancy of the church and attempted to infiltrate the sound doctrines associated with jesus christ we talked about apollinarism we talked about how it was the fourth century movement led by apollinaris and we talked about how he preached that jesus was god but not fully human he said that that it was his belief that jesus had a real human body and soul but not a human spirit and we refuted that by saying that uh this view was condemned by the church via the council of constantinople which was held in the fourth century and also a treaty a treaty was birthed out of this uh this council of uh at constantinople and the treaty basically uh, essentially said that we believe in one god who is the father almighty the maker of heaven and earth And of all things, visible and invisible. And here's where it talks about Christ. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten, begotten of the Father before all ages, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made. And again, this is in direct uh, refutation of Apollinarism. He is begotten not made and begotten uh in the greek "monogenes" uh basically means the unique son of god he is unique not created not uh the firstborn of all creation in the literal as uh, jehovah witnesses teach and, and some other groups jesus was not created he has no beginning scripture says that he is the alpha and omega jesus said that about himself in revelations He is the beginning and the end. Christ have no beginning. So the uh, doctrine that was formulated at uh, Constantinople at the uh, called the Treaty of Chalcedon also says that uh, he is of one essence with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and became man. And he was crucified for us under who? Pontius Pilate and suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And so that was uh, the Treaty of Chalcedon opposing Apollinarism uh, in in their assertion that uh, Jesus was God but not fully human. You can't deny uh, the humanity of Jesus Christ. And conversely, you can't deny the divinity of Jesus Christ. We must accept the Bible's description of who Jesus is. And not presuppose and not add our own philosophies and ideologies, which may be contrary to the scriptures. Uh, uh, and, and and then try to preach as though Jesus is someone different than what the scriptures are teaching. Then we talked about Sabellianism, And we said that civilianism was a movement led uh, in the third century by a teacher named Sabellius. And civilianism basically preaches modalism and modalism is that the father became the son and the son became the Holy Spirit. So in the teaching of modalism, the distinction within the Godhead of the Trinity are removed. And so that's not acceptable. Uh, Jesus is not the father and Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. They are distinct and we don't preach three God's. That's what Sibelius was trying to avoid. But in his attempt to uh, avoid the appearance that Christian believe in three gods, he went overboard to the extreme and totally eradicated the distinctions within the Godhead. And we use the uh, verse in in the New Testament where Jesus is being baptized and the father speaks from heaven saying, this is my beloved uh, son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus is being baptized of, uh, by John and the Holy Spirit is descending like a dove to show us that there is a distinction within the Godhead. Then the church had to deal with Nestorianism. And Nestorianism was a, a fifth century movement led by the monk Nestorius. And he taught that there were two separate persons in Jesus. In other words, he separated Jesus two natures. And as a result, in Jesus, we have two separate persons. Uh, that is a schizophrenic or bipolar Jesus. We uh, cannot support a doctrine that teaches that uh, Jesus was two persons. No, Jesus was one person with two natures. One person, two natures. And Nestorianism was refuted at the Council of Chalcedon in the 6th century. Arianism. Now, Arianism was the 4th century heresy which denied the divinity of Jesus Christ. He preached that Christ had a beginning and was created by the Father. And the church got together and formed an ecumenical council. And they met at Nicaea in the 4th century, AD 325. And they formulated what is now known as the Nicene Creed. And the Nicene Creed basically reads, we believe in one God, the father, all powerful maker of all things, both seen and seen. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the son of God, the only begotten, begotten from the father, that is from the substance. That's key right there. Meaning that Jesus is made of the same stuff as the father. So if the Father is divine, so is Jesus. If the Father is God, so is Jesus. So the Nicene Creed uh, basically highlights this fact that Jesus was not made, but consubstantial. And that uh, he was equal with the Father through whom all things came to be, both those in heaven and in those things in earth. For us humans and for our salvation, he came down and became incarnate because he. Uh, as a human, he suffered and rose up on the third day, went up into the heaven, is coming to judge the living and the dead and then the Holy Spirit. So the Nicene uh, Creed uh, supports the divinity of Jesus Christ and doesn't uh, diminish it or doesn't characterize Jesus in some way that is contrary to the scriptures. So how do we respond to uh, areas Uh, 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 the Aryan movement and this assertion that Jesus was not divine but that he was uh, he was less God than God the Father so in John 1 1, we read that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God John didn't have any issues uh, viewing Jesus as God then john 20 and 28 uh this is a post-resurrection passage where thomas wanted evidence that it was truly jesus uh, who was in his midst so john 20 and 28 reads thomas answered and said to him my lord and my god then titus 2 and 13 titus uh, writes looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus so again looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus then 2nd Peter 1 and 1 Simon Peter a bondservant and Apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So Peter didn't see any issue with making or characterizing Christ as God. And we know through scripture that uh, God said in Isaiah 44 and six that he would share his glory with no one. So for Jesus to claim that he's God, he's basically just telling the truth. And we've uh, defined truth as telling something like it is or that which correspond to his object. So Peter didn't have any issue with Jesus uh, being equal with, with God, the father. Then John eight fifty eight, one of my favorite passages. And John eight fifty eight simply says that uh, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And he used that divine title for himself. That is why the Jews took up stones in an attempt to. Uh, uh, in an attempt to kill him uh, because uh, they picked up stones to uh, throw at him because he used the divine title I am for himself. And that was a title that no human being can use uh, uh, of himself since Exodus 3.14. And in Exodus 3.14, Moses wanted to uh, know who was it that was sending him to Egypt. And God said, you tell him that I am sent you tell him that I am that I am. And if you notice uh, in Exodus, it was the angel of the Lord that called Moses uh, to the side to view the burning bush. And the angel of the Lord is a theophany, meaning that it was appearance of God in the Old Testament. And this was the pre-incarnate Christ. Uh, because the angel of the Lord basically uh, is the is the literal the literal translation of the angel of the Lord is the messenger of Yahweh. And the messenger of Yahweh was in, in many instances, in many texts, it was the pre-incarnate Christ. And if you want more study on the uh, uh, pre-incarnate Jesus, you may want to read a book by uh, Ron Rose called Christ Before the Manger. Christ before the manger by Ron Rose. It's an excellent book on the pre-incarnate Christ and uh, uh, Jesus uh, before the New Testament. So Arianism uh, was a, a, a mass movement characterizing Jesus as a lesser God than God the Father. So just like the church stood up to Arianism, we too have to stand up to modern doctrines that are contrary to classical theism. Then there was Ebionism. And Ebionism uh, proposes that Jesus was fully human but not divine. They taught that Jesus was merely human who was endowed with God's power. So he was basically just a human endowed with God's power. And uh, Ebionism again is is refuted in John 1 1. Jesus is the word and it's it uh, that passage also calls him God. John eight fifty eight as we just went over, same thing. Uh Jesus uh used the divine title of I am for himself and then uh, uh Hebrews Hebrews one and eight. And Hebrews one and eight also calls Jesus God. Then there was another movement called Doceticism. And in Doceticism uh they preached that Jesus was divine but not human. They argue that Jesus only appeared to have a human body. So doceticism uh, denies the humanness of Jesus Christ. It is the opposite of Arianism, where Arianism denied the full divinity of Jesus. Doceticism denies the full humanity of Jesus. And we can't allow, uh, as Christians, people to continue to mischaracterize who Jesus is biblically. So how do we refute the Docetic doctrine? Well, in Luke two and seven, it says that Jesus was fully human. He was born. Then Luke 2:40, it says he grew and became strong. And then in Luke: 252, it says he grew in wisdom as well as in stature. Then in John four and six, uh, John says that Jesus was tired. And uh, he was thirsty, John 19 and 28. Then uh, it's it's, scripture says that he was hungry, Matthew 4 and 11. Then scripture also says that he was weakened, Luke 23 and 26. Then John 12, 27 says Jesus had a human soul Uh, and then his spirit was troubled, John 13 and 21. So all these passages demonstrate that Jesus was fully human. He was fully God and was he, uh, he was fully human. Uh, this is called the hypostatic union. Don't try to figure it out. Just know that Jesus was fully God and fully human. Then there was another movement called Eutychianism. E-U-T-Y-C-H-I-N-I-S-M. E-U-T-Y-C-H-I-A-N-I-S-M. And this is also called mon- uh, monophytism. Uh, or mono or phys- uh and and this basically uh is mono which means one and and fuses, which is uh uh nature so either one or single nature and it's it's the latin form so uh, 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 uh you try to say that uh and it's a mouthful. So, Eutychianism and uh, this view came from uh, Eutychus in the 4th century, who was a monastic leader at Constantinople during the 4th century, and he taught that Christ only had one nature, and this heresy uh, was rejected uh, by the church, and Reason why it was rejected by the church because they denied that Jesus was fully divine and fully human. They argued that his nature was mixed and was a conglomeration of both. So, Eutychianism taught that Jesus had a human nat his human nature rather, had been absorbed by the divine nature. So, basically, uh, they're saying that uh, Jesus had a divine nature, he had a human nature. But both of them together produced this third nature where it became this uh, this fusion of his divine and human nature. So he became another type of per- uh, being uh, and, and that was rejected as well. The church formed a council uh, in Chalcedon, which is mod- modern day Turkey, and it was held October 8th, uh, 451 A.D. to November 1st, 451 A.D., and they addressed uh, this peculiar and uh, heretical doctrine. Uh, the statement from the definition of Chalcedon attempted to clarify the church's position against Apollinarism, Nestorianism, and Eutychianism. And basically, it reads, we then following the Holy Fathers, all with one consent, teach people to confess one and the same son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the same perfect in Godhead and also perfect in manhood, truly God and truly human, uh, tru- uh, truly man, of a reasonable, rational soul and body, consubstantial, coessential with the Father according to the Godhead, and consubstantial with us according to the manhood. In all things like unto us without sin, begotten before all ages of the father, according to the Godhead. And in these latter days for us and for our salvation, born of the Virgin Mary, the mother of God, according to the inconfusably, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably uh, distinction of natures being by no means taken away by the union. So this definition of Chalcedon attempted to clarify Uh, The hypostatic union of Jesus Christ. And again, uh, we share this information, hoping that you will stand up to false doctrine, hoping that you will rightly divide the word of truth, hoping that you will become a lover of truth and practice sound reasoning for it's the church responsibility to be ready to give each man and woman an answer a reason for the hope that lies within us and to do it with gentleness and respect. The world is desiring and searching for the truth. And we that are Christians, we have the truth. We cannot keep our lights hidden underneath a bushel. We have to come out and address the world issues like the early church. The early church was able to come together, as a unified group and address issues dealing with the uh, major essentials of the faith and God is asking of us to stand up and give a reason for the hope that lies within us so it is my prayer that you go back to your local churches and become profitable in the sense that you are studying the scriptures that you may help others to engage in cerebral worship